Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Recorded live. Hey, how you guys doing? This is the producer from Brothers Comics. Welcome to This Week in the Association presented by Brothers Comics, our NBA recap podcast. On the line tonight, it's my favorite six man. It's the microwave. Say what's up, Will Stacks. Will Stacks in the house. What's up? What's up? What's up? I didn't know I got demoted to the bench coming off the bench. Six man, come on. <laughs> hey, man, the six man <laughs> is not like it used to be. I mean, yeah, Benny Johnson said it. A trend back in the day. Uh, what's that dude? Is he on the Clippers still? He's won the award so many times. No, you're uh, you're talking about no. He's with the Timberwolves now, but his name uh, is away from me at the moment. Yeah, but, okay, uh, yeah. Jamal he's been around. Yes, Jamal, Jamal Crawford. Yeah, been go. around, been around the league and the world many, many times, and he's won that award. A solid three times, uh, possibly more. So, yeah, so ain't nothing wrong with being a six-man in today's NBA. All right, uh, so our uh, first topic that for the tip-off tonight is um, the Heisman Trophy. The Heisman Trophy was awarded by the Heisman Trust this past weekend. Um, what, Baker Mayfield from the Oklahoma wins the award after a tumultuous offseason a, uh, and a couple of in-season moments where um, he kind of showed his ass a little bit. Um, so that got me to thinking, what are some of the Heisman busts? We watch a lot of football as well as basketball. So kind of over your history, who are some people that you that won the Heisman but then busted out in the league that you didn't think was going to bust out, like you thought that they would actually be successful? Yeah, I, I, I came up with two that I thought were Heisman Trophy winners that I thought would be great or pretty good, at least NFL players. Uh, the first one, I'll go back to 1991, the most famous. Heisman Pose, uh, Desmond Howard. I thought Desmond Howard would be a very solid wide receiver uh, in the NFL. He was a smallish wide receiver, but I thought still would be productive. Probably today's NFL would even be more his style uh, as a slot receiver, if you will. But he never really, really stuck really well. He was a Super Bowl MVP, you know, with his kick return for Green Bay. Uh, so he did get that, but never had the NFL career that he was probably expected to have coming out of Michigan. And another one I thought I thought was a solid college player, won the Heisman, and even uh, I thought was a would have been a solid pro, Matt Liner. Matt Liner yeah. coming out of USC, I thought was a really good quarterback. I thought he would fall in well coming out the USC system. Uh, usually prepares quarterbacks well for the NFL, but he was 
terrible coming to the yeah. NFL. He was absolute bust. Um, so that those were two that came to mind. Heisman Trophy winners I thought would be good. That were pretty <laughs> not so good. Yeah, I'm going to kick it back further than uh, 91. I'm going to go to 86. You couldn't have told me back then that Vinny Testaverde would have been so terrible. Uh, he had all the prototypal stuff. NFL quarterback, uh, size, strength. Yeah, all the all the measurables. All, yeah, all the measurables, and he was absolutely terrible. I mean, just terrible. Uh, floated around the league for many years, though. Uh, won some games here and there, but definitely did not uh, live up to uh, winning that award or the hype that he had coming out of the U. And then the other one, let's go back to USC. Even though it's hard to call him a bust, but with the hype that was surrounding him, you can kind of give him it a little bit, would be uh, Reggie Bush. Uh, he was touted as being really the next thing. Like, everything was going to run through him. He could run, he could catch, he could do essentially everything. And then really his primarily part of his career was kind of like being a punt returner, a kick returner. I mean, that's kind of where he made most of his bones. Uh, he had some injury concerns, too. Uh, Kardashian curse as well. Um yeah, uh, Reggie Bush. I, I, it's hard to call him a bust, but it, it's hard to, you know, he's kind of right there on the edge. And technically, he's also not a Heisman a Trophy Award winner as well. But that's what I mean. yeah. <laughs> uh, he's a Heisman winner in my book. You know, he's yeah. all once a Heisman winner, always a Heisman. Even OJ Simpson still a Heisman winner yeah. in my book. But anyway, <laughs> that's a whole other thing. But yeah, Reggie Bush probably not. Yeah, didn't do what was expected. Um, Never really getting the opportunity, I thought, to be every down back where he probably could have uh, at least probably showed more, you know, was more out of the backfield. But um, but you're right, didn't quite live up to the standards uh, that many thought he would coming out of USC. Yeah, one of the first YouTube kind of, like, stars to, you know, where a lot of the highlights wound up on YouTube and people, you know, were seeing that stuff. Uh, a very uh, social media type of star, you know, in that early parts of the, the 2000s or whatever. So, yeah, Reggie Bush was in my se- uh, my second one. All right. So let's get into the first quarter. Uh, last night, man, the East Coast, West Coast, you uh, reignited. Uh, you know, I don't know what side people is picking. West side, uh, the best side, I don't really know. Lakers versus Knicks uh, in the Garden. Game goes to overtime, won by the Knicks, 113 to 109. Um what are your thoughts on the game? We get Porzingis versus the ball. Well, I think uh, both players, especially Porzingis, you know, really put on a good show. I thought it was a quality game, quality game, probably not expected by not by me, probably not by many, uh, but was a quality contest. Two teams pretty evenly matched when it came down to it, uh, and the score reflected that. Um, I think uh, the Knicks are, you know, um, probably headed – they're they're trending up. They're trending up, uh, you know, and, and they're still not ready, but they're headed in the right direction, I think. Porzingis is definitely a piece to build around, and they, you know, maybe spend a, a, some money not as wisely in free agency, but they got more to spend coming up. Uh, so I like where the Knicks are going, but uh, still a quality game last night, a great uh, game to watch uh, in the NBA. Yeah, both teams in the third quarter just said, um, what's defense? Um, and it was just back and forth, back and forth scoring between uh, Lonzo Ball's getting a lot of shine because he played so well in the garden. 
I think he was 17, 8, and 5, something like that. So that's a shine game for him. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Is Porzingis, yeah. Is Porzingis a superstar, though? Like, I mean, he's like he's a superstar. Like, the Knicks have one, right? Uh, he He's uh, a star. I'll give him star. He's not a superstar yet, but he's definitely a star. Uh, still on the rise. Ability-wise, he can do just about everything on the court when you're that long and can shoot the three. Uh, even handle the ball a bit. He's obviously a tough uh, to defend. So he's a star. He hasn't reached superstar status because he definitely is not one to carry a team or at least hasn't showed that he can do so yet. So we'll leave him at star, definitely probably an all-star uh, for years to come in the league. You mentioned flashes for Alonzo. Definitely um, was a, an uptick for him. Um, his problem we've seen is consistency, though. He'll have a very nice game like last night, but then he'll come back laying egg in the next game. So we'll see what happens in their next game if Lonzo can keep it up. And, of course, we saw uh, Daddy-O sitting in the in the front row uh, <laughs> doing doing his thing. So, um, you know, the Ball family represented in Madison Square Garden last night. Yeah, we're gonna come back to them in a second. Uh, which team do you think is closest to being a, a, contend, a contender? The Knicks uh, have a, a star, uh, but no superstars. The Lakers have a bunch of young players who could potentially be stars, but I don't see any of them becoming a superstar. So who's closest to being a contender? I'm gonna still stay with the Knicks. Uh, first of all, because they're in the East, and you know the East is, uh, we'll say a little easier, if you will, to navigate than the West. Uh, Porzingis, again, a good piece to build around. Uh, I don't think the Lakers have that building around player yet. Somebody they can focus and say, all right, he's our centerpiece and we're going to build the team around him. I think the thought Lonzo Ball would make that and then we'll get pieces where he can work with or he would come in. So maybe that's still to be seen as he's completes his rookie year and see who comes in uh, to go around him. But uh, if I were to say which team is closer, I'm going to the East Coast with the New York Knicks. However, I think the NBA is very happy that the Knicks and the Lakers are a story, at least in the NBA, uh, two-story franchises. So the NBA wants to hear those two teams in the headlines and at least they're in or were in last night and probably will be in at least uh, more so than they have been lately. Yeah. Um, Vice President of Basketball Operations or President of Basketball Operations, Magic Johnson, also in the house. Um, and there was a report this week that came out that um, Rob Palenka, the GM of the Knicks or the, of the Lakers, and Magic Johnson had a sit down with LeVar Ball about, um, like, stop talking bad about Coach Walton, uh, essentially. Uh, he gets called onto the carpet into the principal's office. Um, a little bit on the timeline and report of that, uh, he, I think they called him in on the 29th of November, and then he, on the 5th of December he went out on NBA TV and essentially did the same thing again where he called out the coach. Um, is LeVar going to be LeVar, or is this going to come to some sort of head at a point? I think LeVar is going to be LeVar. I think in, in his mind, this is just uh, an extension of what he did in the AAU circuit, uh, coaching his kids back in the day. He probably believes 
if there's a coach uh, opening it with the Lakers, he probably thinks it should be him. Um, <laughs> so he uh, he's he's not going to change. He's going to be uh, Levar Ball, and and the Lakers knew that coming in. So they shouldn't be surprised uh, by his antics. They knew they were coming with the Lonzo package. So, you know, that's something they brought on themselves. And, again, they they liked it when he was talking about Lonzo when Lonzo was doing well in the summer league. But now, not doing as great, but, Lon, or excuse me, LeVar still talking. Um, now the Lakers want to quiet him down. I think it's too little too late. Yeah. The other ball news, and, again, we try to keep this strictly to basketball when talking about them for the most part. Um, both brothers, uh, what's that, LaMelo and LiAngelo signed with a club team in Lithuania. Uh, so the big baller Browns uh, brands going uh, to the Eurasian continent. Uh, Lithuania allegedly has a deep basketball history. Um, so both teenagers headed over to Lithuania to play on the same team. Uh, Stephen A. Smith says that's ridiculous. Charles Barkley goes on uh, air this morning and rips LeVar Ball for doing this. Uh, what's your thoughts about sending your kids to the Eurasian continent? Yeah, I have, uh, I'm have. i with Charles on this case. I don't understand uh, in, the, in the grand scheme of things how is this going to help them if his end game is to get them ready for the NBA. I don't think this particular team uh, this particular league is going to do anything like that to prepare his young men to make it to the NBA. Uh, Leangelo was already um, not even going to start for UCLA, not even uh, being the main rotation likely for UCLA. Well, now going to this team is not going to help him at all. Lamelo, probably the best of the three, or at least some people think the best of the three. Um, I think his growth will be stunted playing for this team uh, in Lithuania. So what potential he has will probably uh, possibly fade away. Uh, and mm-hmm. his uh, NBA potential could be drifting um, like Lonzo's jumper. <laughs> oh, sir. Okay. <laughs> I have to <laughs> Yes, yeah. Uh, yeah, it doesn't seem to make any sense. And again, if this big baller brand is going to be a big thing, um, you would assume that they want money in certain markets. I wasn't thinking Lithuania was going to be one of those markets, but maybe that's a big thing over there. I have no idea. Um, but yeah, so yeah. All right, so we'll leave the balls at that. A great game last night, though. I watched it all the way through the overtime period. Uh, it was a great game. Uh, a little mess up by Luke Walton there at the end, but yeah. All right, so uh, he might get criticized by the coach. Let's hit to the second quarter. Um, Oklahoma City, Thunder, um, the experiment could be on its last legs. Um, There's a ridiculous loss to the Hornets the other night, and they're embarking on a three-game road trip tonight as Paul George returns to Indiana to play against the Pacers, Uh, the next three against the Pacers, the 76ers, and at the Knicks. Um, What happens if this – this goes badly. We know the coach is going to get run, but then what? Do we get a sell-off of parts or just try to put it back together with a veteran coach? Well, the the Thunder must go at least 2-1 and one out of those three that you mentioned, or Billy Donovan is in serious jeopardy. He will be the first casualty if there is one. Uh, Billy Donovan losing his job definitely 
um, you know, not doing probably what he should. One report says um, when they go to a huddle, uh, you don't even, Billy Donovan doesn't quote-unquote draw up a play or he's not leading the huddle in, in a lot of cases, you know. Um, so maybe there is some coaching that needs to be done. Uh, if a veteran coach comes in, he's going to get a chance first to see what he can do uh, to make some changes. Then, if that doesn't work, yes, parts will start to drift away. The first will probably be Carmelo. We mentioned uh, one of your statements from a few episodes back was, is Melo that guy that just ruins a team, regardless of how good he is? Is he that guy that ruins a team? Seems like it's going to be yes in this case. Um, regardless of what he's done in his career, He's never been the one to lead a team, not expected to lead the team here in OKC, but still not doing what he needs to do to help the team. So Carmelo might be the first piece. It was was Oklahoma City better with just Westbrook and, um, as I heard, some other dudes. Just want to let Westbrook put up some big numbers like he did last year to lead the team. Um, So far, I would say, uh, it was better last year. Right. Yeah, Westbrook with some dudes are scoring, you know, at, at per 100 possessions. They were doing better last year than they are with Paul George and uh, Mello. I mean, it's just ridiculous. I, I, and and it is Mello a little bit, you know, if you kind of get into some of that stat stuff or whatever, like his plus minus when he's on the floor and off the floor is ridiculous. His shooting percentage is bad, you know, and everybody's hoping for, as you brought up a few episodes ago, Olympic Mello. And it just hasn't happened yet. You know, that guy that, you know, is kind of selfless, does everything. And here he may be being too selfless uh, and yeah. not kind of in his rhythm to take his shots and doing his thing. And it's just it's just not working. And this was the one team that I didn't think that was going to have the, the chemistry struggles. I thought the bigger struggle would be in Houston, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But I didn't think they'd have these problems. And, uh, yeah, if somehow – if somehow they go 0-3 on this road trip, especially if they lose tonight in Indiana, which they probably will because Indiana fans are going to want to give it back to Paul George, um, it, it could get ugly really quick, and he might not make it to the weekend. Yeah, they definitely need to win the return of PG-13. Um, once a comment was make uh, Carmelo that sixth man uh, coming off the bench to lead the second unit, Carmelo – seem to shrug that off. That could be something that could help uh, at least uh, shake up the lineup a bit. Uh, but I don't think he nor Billy Donovan seem to be willing to do so. So the, the Thunder are in trouble. Definitely a surprise to me as I thought they would be uh, amongst the leaders in the Western Division, Western Conference. Excuse me. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, there's been a bunch of articles, too, about, you know, if this goes south, about the selling off of the pieces, about maybe Paul George wind up getting sent to the Lakers, which people think that he might sign there in the offseason anyway. There's that rumor of him going back east out to the, out to the Cavs. It's, it's just all over the place. And, you know, that chatter gets into the locker room. Everybody's going to start thinking about it. Nothing helps you play better than you – know, nothing. that's not going to make anybody play better. So, um, yeah, this road trip is definitely critical to Billy Donovan, definitely critical – to the continuation of the Oklahoma City because you can't get rid of Russ. I mean, he just signed a $200 million contract, so he has to stay. Uh, but, yeah, you want to try to get some pieces around him that it could at least 
you know, be a playoff contender. Right now, they're you know they're twelve and fourteen. They're not. They're, I think they're tenth in the West. Yeah, they're out of the playoffs as we speak right now. A lot of season left, so they'll probably still creep into the playoffs if I were a betting guy. But uh, some changes must be made in OKC. All right, so we hit to the halftime buzzer. Um, Halftime, hey, man, looking at some comebacks here. Uh, Last night, Kawhi Leonard played 16 minutes and scores 13 points. Um, in those 16 minutes as he's making his way back from thigh and leg problems. Um, Aaron Rodgers is coming back this, uh, this week for the Packers. Uh, broke his collarbone against the Vikings a few weeks ago. Uh, was going to make a comeback as the Packers try to push themselves into the playoffs over their last three games. Uh, so we were thinking about some in-game comebacks. Uh, and like I said, not globally, not like, oh, you know, when Jordan came back or not when Ali came back from, you know, uh, from his sabbatical or his banishment or whatever, not those types of things, like where people came back into a game or had been out for a little bit and came back and changed their whole team season game around with their with their presence. So who, what you got? Well, the one that, of course, immediately came to mind was probably one of the most famous in-game injury comebacks uh, was that of Willis Reed uh, making his comeback to the New York Knicks as he – slowly limped out of the tunnel with the erupting crowd in Madison Square Garden. And what does he do immediately when he comes in? It's the jumper from the elbow uh, helping to lead uh, the Lakers uh, to win the title, or excuse me, lead the Knicks to beat the Lakers, beat the Lakers uh, in the NBA Finals. So Willis Reed, uh, probably the king of comebacks, uh, from the injury. More recently, Paul Pierce doing his quote-unquote Willis Reed impression, uh, <laughs> getting uh, had to be put in a wheelchair and wheeled off because he was so injured. But all of a sudden, <laughs> miraculously, was able to run out of the tunnel full speed to get ready to check back in. You know, that was absolutely amazing that he was able to do that in such a quick turnaround. Paul Pierce, uh, he must have got some Miyagi. He must have got that Miyagi treatment on, you know, on his leg and got him back. Somebody swept the leg and he was able to come back. Thanks to Mr. Miyagi. You brought up the uh, before we started recording. You brought up the Isaiah Thomas one for the I think that's the '88 Finals uh, with the Pistons versus the the Lakers. Yeah, he was limping around on the bad ankle, but uh, did enough uh, to get the Lakers, or excuse me, get the Pistons, uh, you know, over the top, you know. But even speaking of Isaiah Thomas, could Isaiah Thomas now, or this Isaiah Thomas of the Cleveland Cavaliers? He's expected to come back uh, in January. Could his comeback from injury uh, be a difference maker for the Cavs, who have it rolling right now? Will he come in and fit right in, or will he come in and kind of mess things up because they got it rolling right now? So this Isaiah Thomas, his injury comeback, we'll see what happens with that. Yeah, Zeke scores, I think, 29 points in the third quarter in that playoff game on a bad ankle. Uh, just absolute, you know, ridiculous performance. Uh, the one I was saying to you before, um, I remember when Emmett Smith, after the Cowboys won their first Super Bowl, um, and they're, they're going for their repeat, uh, Jerry didn't want to pay Emmett. It was time for Emmett to get his money, and Jerry didn't want to pay him. So Emmett was like, cool, I'm going to sit out. And the Cowboys promptly went 0-2. 
and shortly before that happened, guess who got his money? Uh, <laughs> Emmitt got his money, and then the Cowboys got wound up winning that second Super Bowl and go back and back. So yeah, uh, not an injury, but a definite comeback from uh, where he shouldn't have been. He shouldn't have been on the sidelines because Jerry was cheap. Well, he proved how important he was to the team of MVP by not being there. Showed, hey, you better get him and his money so we can uh, head to the Super Bowl again. All right. I forgot to say, man, that's Nas leading us in and taking us through the halftime. I forgot about that. All right. We did it to the third quarter, man. Hey, we're going streaking, as Will Farrell tells us. Um, let's take a couple of these teams that are going in the positive direction, and let's take one that's going completely south. All right, the, the Pacers tonight playing against Oklahoma, Oklahoma City. Victor Oladipo has become um, a, a star um, at 24 points a game. He definitely was one of the sell-off pieces that was just kind of like, hey, we're getting Paul George. You can have Victor Oladipo um, from Oklahoma City. Um, what's up with the Pacers four in a row? Well, the Pacers, uh, first of all, let's talk about their coach, Nate McMillan. You know, he's uh, no slouch to lead the team. You know, he's led teams to playoffs in the past. So uh, they definitely are led on the bench by a quality coach. But Victor Oladipo coming back to Indiana where he played his college ball for the Hoosiers, you know, remember he was a top five pick coming out of college. So he was expected to do big things. And right now he is doing just that, averaging 24 a game uh, for the Pacers, leading them as he was thought to do when he came out of Indiana. But, you know, he's definitely getting a lot of help. There are some good pro players, you know, no stars, but some quality pros when you got Miles Turner, even DeMontis Sabonis, who also was a throw-in uh, in that Oklahoma City trade. You know, he's doing uh, his job, getting rebounds in those buckets down low. So, you know, they got some quality players, not to mention Darren Collison, you know, quality point guard uh, leading the team on the court. So, you know, there's some, some quality NBA veteran players for the Pacers and right now, hey, like you said, they are doing what they need to do. Big game tonight. Um, you know, I think it'll be rocking in Indy tonight because uh, the Pacers want to show Paul George, hey, we loved you when you're here, but we don't miss you now that you're gone. So big game tonight. Yeah, I didn't – I would have – I, I, I kind of I expected bigger things from Victor Oladipo when he first got to Orlando, but Orlando really – has been a dumpster fire since Shaq left. I mean, just an absolute dumpster fire is where people go, you know, careers go to die. You know, they had their little run with um, when Dwight was there and they made it to the finals or whatever. But overall, it's just really been a, a shithole. So I was kind of expecting big things for him. Um, you can know he could always, you know, uh, D up the ball and you knew his offensive game needed some help. Uh, but the constant losing in Orlando and then the ship out there to Oklahoma City didn't really help either. But I'm glad to see him getting his shine now. All right, to the team that's got the longest winning streak in the NBA right now, the Houston Rockets, 10 in a row. Uh, there's an article on ESPN.com that James Harden is literally unstoppable now. He's got the NBA cheat code going, 10 in a row for the Rockets. Well, he's doing something right. Uh, James Harden is lighting it up for the Rockets. And uh, he's got some help too, but uh, there's definitely no question who the leader of that team is. You know, the acquisition of, of CP3, uh, the two together were supposed to be a great combination. Eh, I guess it's working in some form or fashion with this win streak being number one in the West uh, so far. 
but uh, none of it's James Harden. James Harden absolutely dominating offensively, especially even playing a little bit of defense lately, uh, according <laughs> to some. So that's that's news in itself. But you know he is. When he's got the ball at the top of the key, coming off a pick and roll, or in just an ISO situation, uh, he's either making the play for himself or making the play for somebody else. So James Harden probably the leading candidate for MVP, uh, unstoppable right now, like you said, uh, leading the Rockets. Yeah, he's either getting buckets, getting dimes, or getting to the line. I mean. <laughs> literally at that point, if he has the ball uh, at the top of the key, um, something good, something good is going to happen usually for the Rockets. So, yeah, good for them. They're number one seed out in the West right now. Um, I think they're two full games ahead of the Dubs, who we're about to talk about next. Um, I don't know that Houston's getting the shine that they're supposed to right now because of the Rock, or because of the, uh, the Warriors. They're just not going to get that shine until they have another head-to-head meeting. They beat them in the opening game of the season. It was real close. But until they play again uh, to prove that they can beat the big dogs, I don't think that they're going to get a lot of run, especially after what happened in the playoffs last year. Well, if I were them, I would like staying under the radar. Don't talk about us. We'll just keep doing our thing. That might be a better strategy than being talked about. Hey, let us stay on the radar. Let CP3 do his thing. We'll let James Harden continue to lead us. Gary Gordon coming off the bench. Hey, it's working so far, so don't talk about us. We'll just keep winning. Uh, we don't need the press clippings. Uh, we'll see you in the playoffs, hopefully in the finals uh, down in Houston. Uh, and speaking of those Warriors, seven in a row, six of them on the road. They complete the first time a team has gone six in a row on the road trip and since like 85 or something ridiculous like that. Uh, two of those games without Seth Curry, who's out with his high ankle or ankle sprain. Um, and it's setting up all this. Who's more valuable, KD or Steph? So who you got? Like who who could they afford to lose the least? Well, you know, who can you afford to lose the least? I'll lean towards KD. KD uh, is still the man, if you want to say, for uh, the Warriors. However, when you got players like KD, like Steph, like Clay, like Draymond, you know, you don't need the guy. So as long as you have one, two, maybe even three, you can miss one for a little bit. So leave them. they missed Kevin Durant for a few games, no problem. They missed Steph Curry for a few games, eh, no problem. You know, if Clay Thompson wanted to take games off, a couple games off, no problem. As long as they have a good mixture of the crew, I think the, the Warriors will be just fine, and they have shown that they uh, are doing just that. And, again, you know, they're expected to be where they are. They're not worried about being number two right now in the West because, you know, they're, hey, as long as we're around in the end, that's the most important thing. I sometimes think that we take advantage of Steph Curry in terms of, like, what he means to that team, although in a situation like this, if they're going to play, I think, at least three more games before the Christmas game, or, or excuse me, five more games before the Christmas break, if they wind up getting on a 12-game winning streak without him, you know, it's going to get all this talk up. Well, you know, do we need Steph Curry? And I think that's very dangerous for a locker room, you know, since he was there from the beginning 
as much as a non-ego guy as he says he is, as people think that he is, these dudes all have egos. So I wonder what happens if they keep winning without him. Yeah, I can't see anyone saying such a thing. Yeah, they're winning without him, but they know they can't win without him. And when I say win without him, I'm definitely referring to win the championship. So, yes, we can win games without him, but we can't win at all without him. So I don't think you'll hear that type of chatter uh, coming out of the locker room. Uh, The Warriors understand it's a long season. If he misses a few games now... Who cares as long as he's ready for the stretch run? I think a lot of that chatter is going to start up if he somehow doesn't play Christmas and they win the game and Durant goes off or, you know, against the Cavs or something like that. It, it'll be interesting to see, but I, I know they're trying to get him back and ready for that Christmas Day game. I'm sure he wants to play in it too. So, all right. Uh, you can't have a good streak in one way without something pulling on the other side. Uh, the Detroit Pistons, Detroit basketball, Whew, seven in a row, got off to a great start. Uh, loses a seven in a row, is Stan Van in trouble? And could he wind up in Oklahoma City if he winds up getting run after Billy Donovan? Uh, He could be in trouble. I don't see him going to OKC, but uh, in the words of the great late Denny Green, they are who we thought they were. (laughs) Uh, You know, they did get off to a great start, uh, but now they're coming back to earth, probably showing the the team that many uh, thought the Pistons would be. They just don't have enough firepower consistently uh, to show uh, that they're ready to compete. Even in the East, you know, they you know, will hang around for a playoff positioning, maybe, unless they continue uh, this fall that they're on. But uh, they're really showing that they just don't have enough pieces. You know, Reggie Jackson being your quote-unquote leader uh, is probably not the leader that most teams uh, will want to say, this is the guy to lead us. You know, uh, Tobias Harris uh, is having a career year for him, uh, but still not the player, um, you know, that's going to lead you to big things in the NBA. So uh, the pace, the the Pistons, uh, they're in trouble. They're in trouble. They are in free fall mode, and uh, Stan Van Gunny needs to uh, figure something out to uh, get things turned around like they were working earlier in the year. Yeah, the team is built on defense and, you know, not giving up so many points because they can't score themselves. Reggie Jackson got a huge contract when he signed from Oklahoma City. I'm not sure why they gave him all that money for somebody who was, you know, I think they thought they were going to get the next James Harden. You know, he was the third piece on that team. So, you know, maybe we could, you know, catch lightning in a bottle again, and that just didn't happen. Um, Yeah, I'm I'm concerned about um, the Pistons only in the sense that if they do fall out of the playoffs, that means an equally bad team is going to make it to eight. And we want to see the Hornets versus the Cavs and, or the Celtics in round one. At least Detroit would play some defense and make it the games at least somewhat manageable to watch. So I just, that's the only reason I want them in, because they could at least play a little bit of defense and make the game somewhat uh-huh. competitive. Go ahead and stick Kimball Walker out there. He's a little yeah. more energetic. I'd rather see Charlotte. But I definitely understand your point there that uh, the Pistons, they, they just don't have the firepower. You know, defense, yeah, supposedly wins championships, but this isn't the 90s. This is a new millennium. You need to score some points to win in today's NBA. No doubt. All right. And into the fourth quarter we go. All right. Um, age is undefeated. Death is undefeated. 
I always I post all the time that the internet is undefeated because there's so many talented people on there. Uh, but age has not caught LeBron James. In season number 15, he's having his most efficient season of his career, which is just ridiculous. At age, what, 34, Cavs are streaking 15 out of 16, or they are beating up on the uh, poor sisters of the of the West, of the East. The thing They're... is, oh, sorry, if, if somehow they don't wind up winning, not even the East, if they don't win the championship, LeBron's on this one-year deal, there's talk that he might sign someplace else. Does his legacy get tarnished? Even as good as he is, even if somehow he wins this MVP over James Harden, if they don't win and he signs with a different team, is his legacy tarnished? Not just in Cleveland, just the LeBron legacy in general. Well, I would I would say it would be tarnished from the standpoint if he went to another team. Not as much as if they don't win the championship. They're not favored to win the championship. So if they don't win the championship, hey, that's not a quote-unquote big deal. And, you know, they're not supposed to win. However, if he does go with some reports saying to the Rockets these days, or if he goes to the Lakers, or if he goes, you know, the other one of these teams, um, you know, to me, A, that's a mistake going west where it's much tougher in the West, B, to me, then he's back to another team, quote-unquote, ring chasing, you know, trying to, you know, chase that ring. You know, you're LeBron James. People should be coming to you. Um, He's made Cleveland a spot that free agents would want to come and play with him as opposed to him going to other places. So, in my opinion, him going somewhere else would indeed uh, tarnish him slightly, but hey, you're the king, you're LeBron James, one of the best players uh, of all time, Um, you know, maybe, and he can do no wrong in in a lot of eyes. I would love to see him stay in Cleveland, continue to work in Cleveland for how many ever more years he's going to play, Uh, whether it's, uh, you know, one year, two years, whatever. I would love for him to finish his career in Cleveland, where it started. Yeah, he took a sabbatical in Miami, I would love for him to finish uh, in Cleveland. So if he wins another championship, uh, he's cemented uh, forever in Cleveland, but he's really already done that, bringing home one championship. So um, please stay, LeBron. We don't want to have another decision on where he's going uh, from LeBron. Yeah, that would be terrible. Um, Yeah, those reports that Stephen A. came out and said that he was thinking about signing with – with the Rockets in the off season. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, LeBron is a polarizing player in terms of kind of modern day NBA fans and like old school NBA fans. Anyway, um, him going over there would essentially be KD signing with the Warriors and KD got ripped to shreds for doing that. And, um, and, and in a sense, rightfully so, but, you know, he has the right to do that. I don't think LeBron needs to do that. He already has three rings. He doesn't need to, you know, he's trying to cement his legacy or whatnot. If they win in Cleveland, I could, if they win in Cleveland, if they somehow win a championship this year, I, I definitely don't see that he should leave. He should definitely stay. If they don't win, I, I get the sense that he's going to, he wants to at least, I, I don't, I think Magic, or I think um, Jordan's out of his reach. I don't think Six is out of his reach. But, you know, he might want to get to Kobe territory and try to get the five. And so he may, 
do something to kind of keep chasing that ring. And I really wish that he wouldn't because he should he shouldn't do that. He doesn't need to do that. And again, the East is down. I mean, eventually the Celtics are going to catch you just because of age, but it's still an easier path to get to the finals. You know, you never know what happens in the finals. Somebody tears their knee up or gets hurt, pulls a hamstring. You know what I'm saying? Even if you're not favored, if you get there, you still have an opportunity to win. LeBron should stay in Cleveland. Stay <laughs> in Cleveland. No more decisions. Stay in Cleveland. This is noted. All right. All right, so we hit the final buzzer. Um, we got to get to the game of the week. Uh, to me, the game of the week really is tonight's game uh, with the Pacers and um, Oklahoma City, uh, just for, you know, for revenge factor, because uh, I know Indiana basketball fan is going to be going off trying to, uh, you know, show Paul George, you know, what he missed and why did you break up with us. So that's, that's my game of the week tonight with the Pacers and the, and the Thunder. I got a couple others. Uh, first Friday night, uh, December 15th, uh, the Houston Rockets visit San Antonio uh, for, you know, Kawhi Leonard again will get to test his uh, leg as he's coming back from injury. I wonder how many minutes he might play. Uh, when the Rockets, who we mentioned, are streaking, if their streak is still continuing uh, as we get to Friday, uh, that would be a great ball game. But then another one I thought, besides our top teams that we mentioned so often, December 18th, uh, Portland at Minnesota, two teams that are trying to, you know, hey, say we're here, let us say hey, we're here, we're, we're knocking on the door, we got pretty good teams. We got some stars. We're right. here. Guard, uh, you know, the guards in Portland with uh, you got uh, Dillard and uh, McCollum, and then you got um, you got in Minnesota. You got Carl Anthony Towns. You got Wiggins. You got Jimmy mm-hmm. Butler. So these are some stars that are are up and coming. So uh, I think the December 18th game. Uh, Portland at Minnesota is a game to keep your eyes on. All right. Well, that was a couple of good games. As we begin, we're getting right up to the Christmas Day games that the NBA has really taken over Christmas Day the same way the NFL took over Thanksgiving. Um, it's really open presents, and, I mean, the first game is on at noon, and then they got basketball all day. I mean, you know, the last tip-off is at 10 o'clock. I mean, so, yeah, it's um, building up to Christmas Day. And, again, really – the kind of the start the starting point for the NBA season as well. You know, after that Christmas Day, they get an extended break uh, heading into the new year, and um, it's really like it's kind of like the pre playoffs at that point. You know, as teams really start to gear up and gear down and start to be thinking about playoff seedings and all of those types of things as you come into the new year. So yeah, and the trading deadline <laughs> and the yeah. All Star break. Yeah, so it's uh, go time after Christmas, and I like that noon game in Philadelphia. At New York, you know, the, yeah. the Sixers uh, with Embiid and Simmons, you know, making a statement in the East, playing at Madison Square Garden uh, against Porzingis. I like that they got those two teams to kick off Christmas Day. So um, good job by the NBA scheduling uh, that game. Yeah, they've done a great job of building up their Christmas Day lineup. I remember it used to just be one game, and now it's six. So, um, yeah, yeah they've they really done a great job. All right, so we hit the final buzzer. We got to get into our exit music, man. What's our closeout music this week? Our closeout music is going to take us back to 1999. Uh, the infamous Mob Deep, you know, 
uh, rest in peace, Prodigy. But 1999, What's Your Poison, you know, dedicated to, in this case, LeBron James, who's given it to everybody any which way you want it with a career-high 17 assists uh, the other night. So he's giving it to you anyway, LeBron James. Uh, dedicated to you, What's Your Poison, Mob Deep 1999. Yeah, uh, uh, if you follow me on any social media platform, you know my um, affinity for the infamous Mob Deep. I've been a fan since forever, really, like 92 uh, for Juvenile Hell. Uh, so, yeah, uh, uh, great group, uh, great song. Uh, their three-album run um, is probably – you could put that up against anybody's three album run in rap music. Uh, uh, yeah. So yeah, great song. Uh, one of my faves for sure. Uh, all right. So as the infamous mob beat starts to play us out, um, I did want to get a real quick 20 second time out though, as this is playing us through. Uh, I sent you that link about the Christmas day special on NBA TV where magic Johnson and Isaiah Thomas are finally going to kind of come back together with their friendship. Did you get a chance to watch that link? Uh, just briefly, uh, you know, they were a, a a duo of sorts, you know, when they were players uh, back in the 80s with their uh, pregame kiss, you know, at half court, you know, showing their true friendship, you know, and they seemed to get some distance between them. So coming back together uh, years later is uh, definitely a good thing uh, for probably for them, for the NBA, um, Isaiah Magic, two legends in the league yeah yeah i saw that um this morning i was like oh i'm definitely watching that even though i don't have nba tv i don't know how i'm gonna watch it but i'm gonna find it and i'm gonna watch it because yeah those two dudes were really good friends and then we have all of the stuff that comes out with the drama and if you've ever seen any of the background stuff on the nba the original dream team in 92 where you know jordan wasn't going to play if isaiah was on the team isaiah and magic are very close Magic's coming to the team after his HIV uh, uh, reveal or whatever, and Zeke is left off the team. And, you know, that created a division on many levels with, you know, with Jordan and Isaiah and then with um, Isaiah and and Magic. And, you know, there's all kinds of rumors that Magic, that Isaiah said a bunch of stuff about about Magic and his HIV status. I mean, there's just a whole bunch of stuff. So I kind of hope that comes out in there the, the preview was really revealing that they you know talking about that and how cookie was like you need to fix this to magic and his mom and that got isaiah all upset you know like you need to fix it like you need to get this back together so yeah so looking forward to watching that and looking forward to them putting their their friendship back together but the world's a better place when magic johnson gets along with everybody basically yeah, they should uh they should kiss at half court, you know. Uh, <laughs> for old time's sake. Yeah, for old time's sake, you know. <laughs> All right. All right. So again, uh you'll be able to find this podcast uh on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, uh or any of your favorite streaming apps uh for, for podcasts. Um you'll be able to find me, the producer at Brothers Comics, B R O T H A S C O M I S on Sound on Facebook. Twitter, uh, Instagram, uh, Tumblr. Uh, you can find me anywhere if you put in Bros Comics. Uh, where can they find you, Will Stacks? Uh, you can find me at Will Stacks on Instagram. Again, at Will Stacks on Instagram. Or you can find me at Mr. Waters 77 on Twitter. At Mr. Waters 77 on Twitter.
All right. So, yeah. So, as again, as the infamous Maldi plays us out, uh, yeah, uh, great show. Uh, again, share, subscribe, um, all of those types of things. Give us five-star ratings, especially on Apple Podcasts. Uh, that gets us on different lists and different people to listen to the podcast. So, please subscribe, share with your friends, all of those types of things. All right. So, as they begin to play us out or they continue to play us out, man, hey, great show. Definitely going to see you uh, next week. Um, thinking about your Christmas, though, man, what, what what are you hoping to get that, you know, that you, you've told people about that you hope that your family remembers to buy it for you? Oh, I'm going to save that for next week's episode as I get that okay. Christmas list together. I'm going to get that uh, next week. All right. And I'll hold mine for next week then. All right. So, yeah, so we'll see everybody on the other side. Come back next week for this week in the Associates. Peace. All right, Will Stacks is out. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.